Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and we got a very, very, very exciting show for you today. Uh, we're going to have Bob Pachris, uh, the NASCAR reporter for Fox Television, is going to be joining us later on in the show. Folks, it's just about a week away, a week from this Sunday, NASCAR, the first sport to open back up in the U.S., and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on our show. You know, I want to get to some breaking news that we reported last night, and as we discussed on previous episodes, sports are starting to come back. NASCAR was the first, and once that happens, you start seeing the trickle effect. Well, baseball was no different. Major League Baseball is within the next week to offer a return policy that must be approved by the MLPA, which is the Major League Baseball Players Associations. All teams have encouraged players to prepare for a spring training that could begin in mid-June and a start of the season that could begin in early July. That is what ESPN is reporting. So before the 4th of July, we could see the start of the baseball season. There is no details yet. Those details will come out later next week, if not sooner. And, you know, Mike Matheny, he's looking forward to it. I want to keep my ear uh, to the ground, but also trust in the sources. But hearing some things from the commissioner's office and with a couple messages staying pretty consistent. One is uh, we're trying, they are trying everything possible to, to make something work that we're going to get out there and play. Um, so with that, I'm telling you guys, stay ready to play. And, and then the other thing is just the reality of, man, this is, um, this is, this is a shot, not, not just to baseball, but obviously to our world. But there, there are some ramifications that are coming to this, this change and 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 uh, the the issue that we find ourselves in. So let's be prepared that when we do have the privilege of coming back, uh, which I believe we will sooner than later, um, let let's realize that it's not necessarily going to have to look a certain way. Uh, we'll do what we need to do and understand that everybody's making some sacrifices right now. So let's figure out how we can be a part of the healing process. And that was Mike Matheny of the Kansas City Royals, the Kansas City Royals manager. So hopefully baseball will be back soon. Now, why we're on baseball, and we'll get to the NBA in a minute because they had an announcement breaking news as well last night about starting their season. But, you know, yesterday had a terrific, terrific show. Uh, we talked about Major League Baseball, the Hall of Fame, the process of the Hall of Fame, and who I thought should be in the Hall of Fame. And I did miss one player that I always did think about, and there's a number of players. I want to make sure that everybody understands it's not just the 10 players that I announced yesterday that I think should be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. There's plenty more people. For example, Dave Parker, who had the great, great career 
you know, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, what an arm. What, what, just incredible. He was another one. But I didn't have time to go through everyone. So I got some uh, comments back and forth on some other plays, which I love to get comments. So I thought Dave Parker was a really, really good one. Dave from Lakeland sent that in. So thank you, Dave, so much. But when we were on that, we did a poll question yesterday. And our poll question on our Frankly Speaking sports group page was, should former Major League Baseball players have a right to vote who goes in to the Hall of Fame? A whopping 67% of you said yes, they should have a say on who goes in the Hall of Fame. The other 37% said no, they should not. So, you know, I don't know if I was surprised because I really thought a lot of the fans would say they they should, but there was still 37% of the people that uh, that said they shouldn't be allowed to have a say. So that's what we talked about. And if you missed that interview yesterday that we had or the topics that we talked about, go ahead to our sports page, our sports group page, Frankly Speaking Sports, and you can listen to all those podcasts, um, whether it's today's or previous, we post them all. And we also went ahead and put we put some previous video interviews of some of the people that we've had on our show that we already have interviewed. So, you know, some great, great stuff there. Enjoy it. Now, as far as the NBA goes, they also brought broke some breaking news last night. The NBA has informed its 30 teams that practice facilities will open up on May 8th. On May 8th, which is tomorrow. Um, But they are subject to some restrictions. I think only six or I think assistant coaches slash player personnel can be with the group of four at a certain time. They do have some restrictions. Why everybody is excited, the NBA is starting and the 30 teams are allowed to. Mark Cuban wasn't that excited. You know, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, was not very happy at all. He actually said that he is not going to allow his team back. He said the reason he's not allowing his team back on May 8th, like all the other teams is, because as an owner, he does not feel safe. He is worried about the safety of his personnel and players. Yesterday, he was on 77 Minutes in Heaven, a podcast, and this is what Mark Cuban had to say. Get right to our... uh discussion with Mark, and then after that, uh, you and I will come back with uh, some more chatter. Joining us now is Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, how are you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Great. Um, First thing I wanted to ask is we just saw uh, some news come down the pipe today, and we've seen it uh, coming around the last week about Friday being a date when uh, practice facilities would open. Um, And, of course, it is uh, still shown that 
tests would have to be uh, actually asymptomatic players would not be tested. So what is the Maverick stance on opening the facility on Friday? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, the, ch the problem obviously is because we can't test people, then we can't assure anybody's safety, um, whether they're basketball players or anybody else. Um, and even though we can try to take all different types of precautions, it's just not worth it. Uh, particularly when our guys are staying in shape and they're going outside and shooting on outdoor hoops and, you know, working out in various ways. So I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. So in that vein, since uh, testing seems to be the gating issue that when, uh, since Adam Silver and, and you don't want to take tests away from those who need it because there's not enough testing, uh, does that right. diminish the optimism that we can start anytime no, soon? No, not at all. No, because, I mean, it, it's very binary. Once the tests are available, the tests are available, and we can have all the other things we need to do already in place. And, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for guys to get in shape, but most of the league is young, and, and so it's not going to be that challenging for them to get in shape. I mean, remember, a, a full training camp these days is three weeks, you know, and, and so it's not like it's an extended period of time. That was Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. So why all the other teams will be able to open their facilities tomorrow, as far as the Dallas Mavericks go, they will not. So, that's news from the NBA. We also know tonight is the night where the schedules are revealed in the NFL. The NFL is going on with business as usual. Tonight, they will announce the dates and times of everyone's games. Now, a couple of things to remember. The teams have already been predetermined. 14 out of the 16 games are already determined even for next year. Then the other two are based on a team that finishes uh, with the same record as you. So uh, all these games are already decided. Now is the time and date. So we'll find out which Sunday night games are going to be, what the Monday night games are going to be, what the Thursday night games are going to be, and then also what times if they'll be 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock if the, uh, they're on a Sunday. So, we will find out all that information tonight. Things to remember, if you're a Jackson Jaguars fan, or a fan of a team that was supposed to have an international game, if you were planned on being the home team for those games, you will now be the home team in your home stadium. So, the Jaguars were scheduled to have two games. I believe they were the home team in both games. Now they will get those two games back at home. So instead of having six home games like they were planning in TIAA Stadium, they will now have eight games. So that's the world of sports as far as um, everything coming back. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we are going to have Bob Pockris joining us in a few minutes to discuss the start of NASCAR which will begin a week from this Saturday, I'm sorry, a week from this Sunday on May 17th. We'll be back right after this message. Ray Vince Lombardi, one of my favorite coaches of all time. Yes, he was so special. What he did with the Green Bay Packers was unbelievable winning those Super Bowls. But I love his quote about excellence. 
Excellence is what you're shooting for. You shoot for excellence by having the incredible dedication, the work ethic, and the pride and passion that separates you from the people you're competing with. Yes, having that pride, having that passion. You've heard me often talk about pride, P for perseverance, R for respect, respect to all but fear none, I for making intelligent decisions in your personal life, having D for desire and E for enthusiasm. That's what pride is all about. You have those qualities, you're going to be a success. As Ms. Lombardi says, have that drive, have that pursuit of excellence. That was the great Dick Vitale. Every day we get a motivational tip from my buddy Dick Vitale. Want to remind you all, if you have any questions, concerns, topics, things you want to talk about or have us talk about on this sports podcast, real simple, at the end of the podcast, leave a quick message. It'll record your message and we'll play it next time on our episode. Also, you can go to Frankly Speaking, 528 at gmail.com. You can go ahead right there and you can leave a message and we'll get it on our next episode. Also, we have a Twitter account. Our Twitter account is up and coming. You can reach us at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. And then, of course, our group page on Facebook. Frankly speaking, sports. I emphasize the word sports because if you just put frankly speaking down, you're going to see all bunch of different topics and things that have the name frankly speaking. So make sure you type the word sports afterwards. Frankly speaking, sports. It's the fastest growing sports page on Facebook by far. And we're going to continue to make it grow with your help. If you have friends that are not already members or you are not a member, go ahead and join. Then share with your friends. We give you the most updated and latest sports news. We pride ourselves in that. Now, you know, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the NFL. And tonight, they're going to go ahead and reveal the schedules. And I know we talked about this on a previous episode early this week, but the strength of schedules have come out. And like I mentioned before the break, these schedules are already predetermined. They have nothing to do with how you finished last year. So, example, the Bengals were the worst team last year. That doesn't mean they get the easiest schedule. Right now, you know, not only could you look at the uh, opponents you have this year coming up, but if you want to know next year who you play, they'll give you the 14 out of 16 teams you play. The only two teams you don't know is those two games where you play people within the same record as you. One from a different conference, um, and then one from the other league, the uh, AFC, if you're an NFC team. But when you look at the schedule... The easiest schedule right now in the NFL for the 2020 season is the Indianapolis Colts. They got a new quarterback. They got Phillip Rivers. So, you know, they're expecting a lot there. They actually picked by Vegas the over-under in games to win is 8.5. For those of you not familiar with over-under, I like to make sure I explain everything to you. So what Vegas is saying, if you are betting on the over, if your team wins nine games, you win. If they win eight games, you lose. If you bet on the under and you bet eight games, you win. 
If they win nine games, you lose. That's how the over-under works in games projected by Vegas. The second easiest schedule in the NFL, you know, great for them, is the Tennessee Titans who, you know, almost made it to the Super Bowl. They were one game away. What a year. They got Derrick Henry back. They got Tannehill back. They got a young receiving team. This team's a good team, and they're going to have the second easiest schedule. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You can take these strengths of schedules, you know, how they figure this out, and you can throw it out the door because you still got to play the games. You know, they don't, if that was the case, they would give the Colts the Super Bowl champion right now. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the Colts the Super Bowl champs. That's not how it works. You got to play the games. Now, for you Kansas City fans, local team here, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, you got, you're tied for the eighth easiest schedule. In the NFL, out of 32 teams, okay, your over-under is 11 and a half games. My gosh, you know what they're thinking? They're thinking this team is definitely going to win. I think the closest is um, New Orleans and San Francisco at 10 and a half. So, you know, a lot of stuff out there. Let's see some of our other listeners. We got a lot of San Francisco 49er fans. They got, they're right in the middle where it comes strength of schedule, and their over-under is 10.5, like I mentioned, as well as the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Green Bay fans, you're right in the middle of the pack. Nine games. Jacksonville is only predicted four and a half over-under. And then if you want to look at the toughest schedule in the NFL, by far the toughest schedule next year, Comes out of the NFC South. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Has the toughest schedules. Over-under is seven and a half games. I don't know if I see them winning seven and a half in that division. You know, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. I think he's a great quarterback. But now with New Orleans better, you, you got to play New Orleans twice. You got to play the Buccaneers twice. So there's four games right there that you know, could be very difficult for Atlanta to win. And then they got to play Carolina, who I think they can beat. But then if you look at the second and third toughest, second and third toughest schedule in the NFL is the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Both over under is six and a half by Vegas. So... You know, you got to look at the Giants. I'm telling you what, I've mentioned it in previous shows. This team is my surprise team next year. You know, people say, well, you got the Eagles. You got the Cowboys. How, how could you say the Giants could win that division? Well, I'll tell you what. Dallas still has the same offense they had last year. Yes, they added C.D. Lamb. They lost Frederick the center. But they still have, they may even have a better offense. You still got Elliott. You still got Prescott. You still got a defense. But even with the great defense and that great offense, you didn't go to the playoffs last year. The problem with the Dallas Cowboys is they don't know how to put games away in the fourth quarter. And that's what killed them. They only went 8-8. Eight and eight. Meanwhile, the division winner, which was the Philadelphia Eagles, they won with a 9-7 and seven record. That's only because they beat the Cowboys. So, 
I'm not saying those are terrible teams. They're very qualified, good teams, but they underproduce. The Cowboys have not, they've only made the playoffs one out of the last three years. One out of the last three years. They've had Prescott, and I think that was the year uh, Prescott came on or something. So just, you know, very underachieving team right now. And I'm not saying they're not going to be good. You know, they got the potential to run away with that division, but they have not proven yet that they can. Meanwhile, you know, you got, you got the cow, I'm sorry, the Giants that just keep getting better and better and better. The offensive line is better after the draft. They're going to be able to protect Daniel Jones now and watch the running game. You know, Saquon Barkley is already great. You're going to even see better this year. You know, just a great running back, and you're going to see a lot more rushes with him now that the line is a lot stronger. And they still have a decent receiving core. You know, the question's going to come down to their defense, which they got Bradenberry now. They've added some guys. They could be a dark horse in uh, the NFC East up there. Then you got the Jets, the third toughest schedule. You know, hard to believe <laughs> the poor Jets. You know, now that's a you know a little a good little team too. Uh, but once again, I'm not sold on Sam Donald, and everybody knows that I'm not sold on Donald. They just look, you know, Anuma just might as well retire because he's hurt every year. But they got a good receiving core there, so um, we'll see what happens with the Jets. You know, every it's an open division now. We call it. You know, some people are saying it's the Buffalo Bills division now. It's the Buffalo Bills to lose. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I. I think that uh, there's other teams. Uh, you have the Patriots. You don't know what's going to happen. By far, the Patriots have the best defense in that league. The problem is they probably have the worst offense in that league as well. Buffalo's good. You got Josh Allen. They got a decent defense. Um, you know, Miami's coming there, baby. You know, two is there. Ryan Fitzpatrick's still there. They just picked up a great running back in Brieta uh, from San Francisco, they're going to be very, very challenging. And Buffalo has the 10th strongest schedule in the league. So don't just think it's going to be a walkover. They got to play the games. And, you know, I'm not the problem for the other teams in that division is they're so weak that, you know, Buffalo may be the best team in that division, but that's not really saying a lot. So, I'm not going to go through every team. That is the brunt of that. Um, so I wanted to share that with you. So when you see the schedules tonight, I wanted to make sure that you completely understood it. A reminder that in a few moments, we're going to have NASCAR reporter, Fox analyst, Bob Pachris on our show live to discuss the return of NASCAR. And as I mentioned, NASCAR is going to be back a week from this Sunday, a week from Mother's Day. And yesterday, uh, Dale Earnhardt had a chance to interview the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps. Let's listen what he had to say. Sports. Mike, uh, 
you mentioned it, Steve, you, you want to get all the races in. Why was that so important that we had the new, the number of races, the same number of events? Why is that so critical? Yeah, well, I think for, it's really two things. One, I think that was the expectation of, you know, all the folks in the industry, including, including the fans, frankly. Um, but then it's also, you know, if we ran, you know, 30 races versus, you know, 36 points paying races, then if I'm a sponsor and I don't have six of those races, well, then I'm going to want my money back. Um, and for race, race teams, you know, need that revenue coming in and we need to make sure we do that. You know, same thing from a television perspective, frankly. You know, if we race six fewer races, if I'm Fox or NBC, I'd probably be like, okay, well, we'll just take a pro rata deduction on what I was supposed to pay you. And, and that, you know, that pays a lot of, obviously a lot of bills, right? Yeah. So we needed to make sure that we try to get that in. And then lastly, or firstly, uh, we think there's a tremendous interest from our fan base to want to make sure that we get all the races in and, you know, the, the championship that people are running for is meaningful. You know, right now you get other sports that are trying to determine, can we get back? If we get back, do we run playoffs? Do we, you know, end our regular season as of, as of yesterday? And then you're just moving forward with whatever your playoffs look like. They're all over the map um, yeah. for us. If we didn't have to, to do that and you're able to get the races in, you know, we're four races in. So, which means we've got 22 regular season events to go plus the all-star. That's something we're interested in doing. Forgive me if this information's out there. It's so hard to stay on top of what, what's, what's real and what's not, but, um, <laughs> for some of the tracks, uh, you know, is the schedule, is the schedule, um, still fluid beyond the first couple of weeks is the door closed on any racetracks for this particular race season? Um, how does that all remain? Yeah, so I would say the schedule is 99% of the way done. Um, we would like to announce, you know, a full schedule. There are reasons why we can't do that. Part of it has to do with we don't know if we can get into that particular state or not. So mm. we know we're good in the states of South Carolina. We know we're good yeah. in the states of North Carolina. Right. Or in the state of North Carolina. So we are, that's kind of where we stopped um, just to put a kind of put a flag in the ground and say, hey, we're going to move forward, um, you know, with, with these first four races. You know, what we're determining right now is, you know, obviously the number of events in Darlington for this year when the season started, we had one. Now we have three. Mm -hmm. um, so, we had to figure out where those races are coming from. Um, so we have some idea, but we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, because if like, you have two additional Darlingtons and one additional Charlotte Motor Speedway, they have to come from, from some racetrack. And yeah. so is that. That was Steve Phillips, the president of NASCAR. And we're going to try to get some information out of Bob, too, when we talk to him in a few minutes. When we come back from break. Bob Pockris will be joining us. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and we're just seconds away from having Bob Pockris, the NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports, with us. He's going to be joining us live on the Frankly 
Weekly Speaking Sports Hotline. Want to remind you all, if you have not joined yet or have friends that have not joined yet, if you want to help your friends out and be nice, have them join the Frankly Speaking Sports group page on Facebook. All you got to do is go to the search thing up top on your Facebook account. Type in Frankly Speaking Sports. Please make sure to type in the word sports and you can become a member of the fastest growing sports group who constantly updates you with the fastest, latest breaking news. It is my great honor and pleasure to introduce now on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline, NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports, Bob Pop Chris. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you? I am doing terrific. Hey, let me ask you a question right as we start here, Bob. As a reporter who lives and dies by NASCAR and the events that NASCAR put on, not having racing for the past eight weeks, what kind of impact has that had on you? You know, it's, I mean, I've kept busy. There's been just so much news about when NASCAR might get restarted, uh, the things that NASCAR need to do in order to get restarted, the impact on the teams uh, throughout the suspension of the season, and then also the simulated racing events that they've had every week. Uh, it's been busy. You know, I've certainly missed uh, hearing uh, actual car engine, uh, actual sound of a car engine, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's been busy from a reporter standpoint. Now, let me ask you this. Next Sunday, a week from this Sunday, NASCAR is going to be the first sport in America to actually start back up, you know, start that season back up. How big is this for NASCAR? Well, I mean, it's, started is big for NASCAR because the financial foundation of the sport relies on racing. You know, this, this, the TV money doesn't go to the racetracks unless they race. Uh, the TV money that goes into the purse that goes to the race teams isn't paid out unless they race. Sponsors certainly aren't going to pay if, uh, if their logos aren't on uh, TV. So in order to have these teams survive, you know, these teams aren't owned Many of them are not owned by, you know, big companies or, or, or billionaires. Uh, they, they need the, the cash flow. And so, so that's why it's important. Um, and because of that financial incentive, you know, I think they're willing to be, take the, quote, unquote, risk of being one of the first sports back to having, uh, to, to having, having their event. I hope that it's not because, hey, you know, there's a great opportunity because it's the first going to be one of the first sports back, and everybody's going to be home, and everybody's going to want to watch live sports. I hope that that is not as much of an incentive as as is just the fact that hey, in order for the teams to survive, they have to race. You know, I think the first part I can understand wanting to take the risk. The second part, granted, yes, it's an opportunity, but let's not have that be the incentive to potentially put people to health at risk. Now, Bob, in the last couple of days, I'm talking to Bob Pop, Chris, uh, NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports. Um, news came out, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, that they're taking 
three races, and they're going to put two more in Darlington, and then one one more in, I believe, Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, any word yet of where those two races are coming from and which cities are going to lose those races? Yeah, so there'll be three race, three races that were scheduled that will lose them because you're going to have to give now two additional races that are at Darlington uh, next starting May 17, and then an additional one at Charlotte the following week. So NASCAR hasn't announced those. Uh, teams have indicated that they've been hearing that it'll be one uh, intermediate track, one short track, and one road course. A lot of people obviously think Sonoma is likely to be canceled uh, because of the amount of travel it would take to get out there and the current uh, restrictions in California. NASCAR has promised to tell the teams by next week which tracks will lose races because a lot of them, the sponsorships are either regional or they're they're specific to a time of year. So people want to know which races they're not going to be – which races, if they've sold sponsorship for, they potentially could transfer to these races coming up. Now, with this Darlington race coming up a week from Sunday, from what I understand, um, there's not going to be no qualifying for this race. So explain to the fans how the starting lineup is going to be determined without qualifying. Yeah, there's going to be no practice and no qualifying. NASCAR is still, we're, we're still waiting to hear a final decision from NASCAR on that. Uh, they could just say we're going to line you up by uh, what's called the owner points, which is pretty much the point standings, uh, the driver standings. Uh, but they also are looking at, you know, do they take the finishing order from the last race and maybe invert the top 10? Or do they take owner points and say, okay, let's take the top 15 in owner points and do a random draw for the top 15 spots. And then the next 15 do a random draw for the next 15 spots. They're, they're trying to look at ways to make sure that they don't just have the same starting order for every single one of these races that doesn't have qualifying. Okay, well, we're Bob Pop, Chris, a NASCAR uh, reporter for Fox Sports. Let me ask you, is there any rule changes that that are due to COVID-19 that the fans who are watching the race should be made aware of? Uh, I mean, there, there will be a, like, they're going to, they're going to have a competition caution early in the Darlington race. And because there's, because they've had no practice in qualifying and that will probably be somewhat of a lengthy caution so that teams have time to make adjustments. Uh, so I think there'll, there'll be some changes from that end. Uh, everything else should be fairly, fairly the same as far as from green flag to checkered flag. Okay. Now, from a driver's perspective, and it might be difficult for you to answer from a driver's perspective, but also from a reporter's perspective, how weird is it going to be racing in front of no fans? It, it's going to be weird, you know, because the drivers hear the, the fans cheer, you know, during driver introductions. Sometimes they can hear them, you know, when they're under caution. Um, I think what's going to be more weird for them is that a driver – you know, typically a driver, you know, is hanging out with his crew a little bit but during a race weekend uh, in the hall or they have meetings. Now a driver's going to, they're going to go to their, they, they've been told they can have their motor home at the racetrack, then their motor home driver has to leave. They'll come, they'll drive their car to the motor home, they'll get dressed in their motor home, and they'll go to the car and get in the car. They're not going to be 
they're not going to be with their crew in the sense of mingling with them. And each team's crew, like let's say Hendrick Motorsports has the 24 team, they all have to stick together. They can't go to where the 80 team, uh, the 88 is, where the crew of the 88 is, because they want everybody to be uh, in kind of their separate own little pods, for lack of a better term, and and, and not and not have people, uh, you know, cross lot paths because that way, if somebody does test positive, they feel like that they can control, um, hopefully, control spread. So I think that's going to be the biggest difference for for the drivers uh, beyond just not having fans, just not having that interaction, face to face interaction with their team that they usually do on a race weekend. Does that offer? Um more danger to the driver when they finally get in that auto, you know, in the automobile and start driving? Well, certainly that, like, you know, I assume maybe they'll have a few more pace laps, but, yeah, you don't know what the car's going to do at speed. It's going to be much like going out there for, for on your first lap of practice and hoping that everything is, is tight and everything. But, you know, if something came loose, you could – you know, you're not you're not in a racing condition where you could be collected by you know 20 other cars. So yes, there is a little bit more, I would say, of a of a danger aspect, a little bit more of an uncertainty when you start a race like this than you would in normally. Now, before I let you go, Bob, I have one more question for you. Um, is there any word that you heard of from NASCAR if or when they may be you know fans may be allowed back in the stands? I think it's going to be all up to where they're racing and what the local uh, governments will allow. Uh, certainly, they, you know, some of these, uh, some of these places have a lot of fans, and you could potentially, you know, get ten, twenty thousand people in there and and have social distancing measures in effect. But NASCAR hasn't said when when they would hope to do that. All right. Bob, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Frankly Speaking Sports. It's been a real pleasure. Hey, thanks, Frank. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck to you. That was Bob Park Chris, the NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports. We'll be back right after this message. Are you looking for a great place to eat? Are you looking for great service? Great food? Great drinks? Are you a sports fan? Well, we got the place for you. Beefo Brady's, Bentonville, Arkansas. They hit the trifecta every single time. It's great food, great drinks, great, great service. You can't ask for more from a sports bar. Great wings, great burgers, great nachos. I'm in heaven. I'm in sports heaven. It's like the Wrigley Field of baseball, baby. It's the Wrigley Field of sports bars. Pifa Brady's on the corner of 14th Street and Apache in Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. What a great, great interview, and I hope a lot of you Got a lot of information from Bob there. You NASCAR fans, I, I don't, you know, hopefully he was able to answer all the questions and all the concerns that you had. And, you know, a lot of those concerns are the same all over the place, no matter what sports, especially when the fans. A lot is going to be determined on fans based on the decrease or increases of this virus 
in those particular areas. You could have a place like uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Kauffman Stadium, where the Royals play, and the viruses could have been decreased so much that they're allowing fans in with social distancing, where you may have another place, maybe Tampa, Florida, where there's an increase in viruses, and now they're not going to allow it. So once again, I think Bob made a terrific point there, and NASCAR is doing it right. Let's base it on what's happening during those times. So I see a lot of walk-up crowds in the future, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it's got to be done with COVID-19. Want to remind you all that if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, topics you want to talk about, you can go to the link right at the end of this podcast and you can go ahead and leave us a message. And what I'll do is I will play it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Also, I want to remind you, we have the fastest growing Facebook group out there. Tell your friends about it. It's amazing what we have coming up for you. Listen to these beautiful live interviews. The one just like Bob Pockris. Go to our group page, Frankly Speaking Sports. We put all our interviews on there so you for your listening enjoyment. Uh, yesterday we put Ryan Coddock former James Madison University coach. We put that interview up there. We put a bunch of different interviews. And we also put the latest, most updated news. Go to the Frankly Speaking Sports page and have your friends do so. We want at least another 1,000 members by the end of May, and we're asking for your help. Um... Tomorrow, we are definitely going to be talking about the NFL schedules as they come out tonight. The actual dates and times and what games are Sunday night games, what game are Monday night games, what game are Thursday night games. We're going to have it all. We're going to talk about it all. We may even get our frankly speaking correspondent Craig Frank on the phone from Tampa to talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule and what he thinks. Then on Monday, we're going to have RJ Ochoa from ESPN San Antonio joining us. We'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys, their strength of schedule, and their entire dates and times on their schedule and what's happening down there in the Dallas area. I want to thank you all for joining us as always and supporting this podcast. We'll be back tomorrow on another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. This is a testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. This is a testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. A testing one, two, three, testing.